Someone has to ride this thing back into the distant past. And it's a one-way ticket, isn't it? It's a good chance, yes. Time device activated prematurely. Not good. Malfunction. Great. Doesn't anything come under warranty anymore? Infinite time. You are finite. Zathras is finite. This is wrong tool. Hello and welcome to Who Are You? It's a Babylon 5 watch cast by a couple of former strangers, now friends, who are continuing to get to know each other over one of their favorite shows from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Laura. And I'm Jafer. And today, we're going to be playing our favorite game. Ooh. Plot poker. Hello. So I deal myself in. So what we have is we have a bunch of packs of the Babylon 5 collectible card game. We're currently working our way through the Shadows set, which is the first expansion to that game. And what we're going to do is we're going to open up a bunch of cards and we're going to go ahead and organize them into one of four piles. Characters, problems, solutions, and twists. And then we're going to take one from each of these after shuffling them up. And we're going to form the A plot and B plot of a hypothetical episode of Babylon 5, which we'll describe and then rate on a scale of Babylon's 1 to 5. Everybody's favorite improv exercise, right? <laughs> Honestly, I'm a big fan of this segment. <laughs> yeah. Well, cards, they're very fun to open. I... I just want you to know that I've organized mine a little bit. and I got these nifty boxes at Vintage oh. Stock. They had previously been in a pile on this desk that you could not see, but it was very <laughs> embarrassing. And uh, now I have a system. I'm very proud of myself. I have four wrappers from four different sets of the game that I use for the different subjects or the different topics. And then... I put my little piles in there. Have you opened anything fun yet? We're opening like 10 packs today, so it's a bunch of stuff to go through. Yeah, we're doing a bunch. I'm just going through my first one now. I have a lot of weird things, it feels like. Yeah, I got a William Morgan Clark. What a good character get. I think I'm going to put him in the problems, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a big problem, isn't he? <laughs> now that we've got like more than the couple of characters that came in the initial set, I've been trying to put characters in the problems and solutions. I got in this first pack, I have the most interesting card, I think, to me is telekinesis. I'm like, is telekinesis a problem, <laughs> a solution, or a twist? It could be, <laughs> it could be any of the three. I mean, in the, any of the three. in the episode, it's a twist. That's true, where Ooh. it comes up. I got the the actual shadow attack on Babylon 5 from the distress signal from last episode. Oh, how funny. That's a good screen grab. It is. Oh, I got another Zathras. Oh, which Zathras? This is Zathras with the apostrophe at the end. Okay. I have Zathras with the apostrophe in the middle. Oh, oh, I had two Zathras in one pack. And this is between the A and the T is the apostrophe. So sort of nice. the middle. Yeah. So many Zathri. I have to resist the urge to put every single Zathras into my character pile. <laughs> put them in your problems pile. Well, put them in your solutions put, pile. Put one in my solutions pile. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, here we go. Corrupted Destiny. And it has Jakar choking out Londo. That's fun. Ooh. Ooh, slow poison with Rifa on the card. I'm going to put that in my solutions pile. I was going to say, that can be a problem or a solution or a twist. So many of these are very flexible. Have we used Brother Theo yet? I know one of us has gotten Brother Theo. I actually just also drew Brother Theo. Um, <laughs> I have him in my solutions pile, but I don't think he's been played yet. Open in packs reminds me of my childhood. It also feels a little bit like gambling. Oh, it's my favorite card. Bureaucracy. Ah, the cycle of bureaucracy. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh let's get our episode together here. Okay. Here goes nothing. Our A plot is going to start with Marianne Kramer. Do you remember Marianne Kramer? I do not remember Marianne Kramer. Is she, she is our ISN? ISN reporter. Yeah. So it's going to be an ISN episode. Okay. And we're going to have Marianne Kramer. And Marianne Kramer is on Babylon 5. She is tracking down some vicious rumors about our command staff. And their activities on Babylon 5. Okay. And of course, you know, because ISN is involved, maybe uh, maybe the truth is being manipulated a little bit. Maybe these vicious rumors are being manipulated. And our solution is that the command staff actually has to go on a rescue mission. And they make the risky decision to bring ISN along mm -hmm. to see how they really operate show themselves, try to uh, make themselves look good. We've seen them do that with ISN a little bit. Yeah. Like, and now for a word. But this time they're they're bringing them into the fold a little bit. Mm -hmm. We go on this rescue mission, but unfortunately it backfires on us. ISN has their spin doctors manipulate the editing of the episode. Mm -hmm. And all it ends up doing is sowing more unrest back home. Okay. So what's the B-plot happening at the same time we've got this ISN story? Well, while Mary comes to the station, so does Emperor Cartagia. Oh, no. <laughs> Talk and about things we can manipulate. He's here because there's been a problem with Lord Malari. Lord Malari. Lord Malari. So that's the upgraded yeah. Londo card. Okay. So he's uh, he's in the inner circle. Yeah, Emperor Cartagia, there's something with Malari that he's got to settle, and he leaves Centauri Prime to do it. So he comes okay. to Silando, and there is a fleet of Centauri ships as well. Okay. Are they involved in our rescue mission, maybe? It's a colonial fleet. So okay. this fleet comes in. Their question throughout the episode is, are they going to be taking Malari away? Are they loyal to Malari? Who are these people loyal to? Because there's always kind of an underpinning of who actually runs the military with the Centauri, so we don't really know. Mm -hmm. But what ends up happening is there's some unforeseen incentives. So oh, the fleet okay. comes in, they don't side with anyone, and Cartagia is just kind of like, oh, delightful, and is kind of weird, but is all like, oh, I'll just take this fleet back home with me. And now Malari is kind of like the... He, he gets the incentive of having this fleet knowing that they're not going to, like, capture him, but also that the Emperor is not super pissed at him. Mm, okay. Well, you don't want Cartagia super pissed at you, for sure. We're going to find that out yeah. very soon, I think. All right. 
So how do you rate this episode? Hmm. I don't know if we've ever rated our own episodes badly. <laughs> I think we're about to. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like this doesn't do a lot to move any plot forward for us. Emperor Cartage is always fun to observe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'd, I'd give this one about a two. Yeah. It feels kind of weird. It doesn't really feel like it's doing much. Yeah. Another ISN thing, but it doesn't work out for them. We've seen that. Cartagia coming to the station, I think, is new, but I'm not really feeling it. Yeah. They can't all be winners. (laughs) We did our best. But what is a winner is season three, episode 17, episode without B-plots, part two. Ah, it's War Without End. We get a last time on. I don't know that we've gotten one of these in Babylon 5 before. Yeah, if it has. It's been a minute. Yeah, so we get caught up, and then we open on Centauri Prime. Sheridan learns how far ahead he is in the timeline, 17 years since the war started. What year is this? Yeah, Londo's very kind to set that scene for us. Yeah, appreciate You were left wondering at the end of the last episode, and if you didn't immediately watch the next episode because we're in streaming land, uh, you've been wondering for a moment. Yep, and it's also like... He even, like, teases us like he's not going to tell us for a minute. (laughs) It'd be very JMS. Mm -hmm. It'd just be all like, oh, well, we're at the year, hour, month, day of the end of your life. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, you know when that is. Yeah. (laughs) Rude. Londo is very antagonistic. I think we see some more of that CGI burning footage. Centauri Prime and Ashes. Yeah. It really makes you wonder what has happened in between all this time. I think that's what really works for me about this whole flash forward plot Mm -hmm. is I love the mystery. I want to know what happens. I want to know so bad. How did we get here from there? Yep. And so after this, we cut back over to Babylon 4. And it's totally not just redressed Babylon 5 CNC. They change the colors of the lights, and then also they film it from different camera angles. Mm -hmm. So every time we see it, normally when we're in CNC, it's very kind of like top down or eye level, right? Uh Here, it's all looking up. I thought it was a very interesting choice. Like the cameras are in the control pit looking up like there's a big walkway there. Mm -hmm. But that's just where like Corwin sits and stuff is where the camera is this time. And when we see it later, it's like through the exit doors, like in the very back. Yeah, I I feel like everything about their Babylon 4 sets mm-hmm. looks very cheap. <laughs> it's all just Babylon I, 5 sets, 100%. Yeah. Like we see the Zocalo later and stuff, but it's just empty. Yeah. Yeah. And we've if we've had to slap something on it, it's kind of green and yellow yeah. instead of blue and purple. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it's got the yeah. B4 logo. Which someone uh-huh. was complaining on the internet looked like a three, but it's a B with a four wedged into it. So it kind of looks oh. like a backwards three if you kind of look at it weird, but okay, it's totally yeah. just B4. Yeah. I definitely feel like everything that they put together for this was a little bit cheaper. I understand why, because we spent a lot of money on that war room that mm-hmm. looks real nice. So we got to we gotta pull it back somewhere. I get it. The CNC has detected the explosion. That was out in our last episode out in space when the warp core blew up. Mm-hmm. They are looking for saboteurs. They are concerned that there's somebody nearby who yep. wants to blow up this station as well. Hey, I didn't ask you in the last episode. Yeah. And I meant to. Okay. 
why we're here now. Because we know that bad things happen to Babylon's one through three, too. Yes. As well. <laughs> two was a bad choice of words for that. Do we think that there could have been shadow involvement in those bad things happening in one through three as well? No. Okay. And this is definitive. This is from JMS because someone asked this exact question on Usenet. Okay, because it. it's sort of out there, right? Like, yeah. I'm not crazy for wondering. So he says that the shadows didn't recognize Babylon 4 until it was completed. Okay. So they didn't have any bad feels about 1 through 3. 1 through 3 did get far enough through the building process to be noticed. Okay. Because they were destroyed very, very early on. Well, partially destroyed. They were made inoperable to the point where they had to start over a chunk. But most of Babylon 4, like a th at least a third of Babylon 4 is actually Babylon 3, is actually Babylon 2. Uh -huh. Like they reused decent chunks of the station to rebuild. And only okay. Babylon 4 was so completely lost that they had to start from scratch with a new design for Babylon 5. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Because it became so unstuck in time yeah <laughs> okay okay i i'm with that i just wondered when we were talking about it hmm. no no it's a good question it's just one that happened to be already answered yeah so anyways krantz is sending out some security guards to find the saboteur and ivanova gets caught in a hallway to theme like marcus is gonna let this happen <laughs> yeah we know marcus didn't go anywhere like yeah He's got Ivanova's back. We know how he feels. Yeah, he's gone when the guards show up and then jumps out of the ceiling and takes them out. And Ivanova's yeah. just like, how did you know they were going to attack? He's like, I didn't. It just would have been the worst possible time. So I prepared for that contingency. Yeah. I realized as Ivanova's getting caught, I was like, oh, you know, the uniform change is a bad thing right here. Because if yeah. she was wearing an Earth Force uniform, they would at least be confused for a second. Right? For sure. But she's not in any Earth Force garb, and so they're no. immediately popping to saboteur rather than surprise inspection. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sheridan jumps back and forth. The plan is about to go off, and then Sheridan jumps back, and Delenn is there. And we get some details about the future. Uh -huh. They some have a details, son. Right? Uh -huh. And their first kiss for Sheridan. Yep. Yep, I made sure to point that out to my husband. I was like, this, this is the first kiss. <laughs> yeah, for one of them. <laughs> right, right. And it's a very uh, intimate first kiss, you would say. Yeah, well, I feel like of the two, Delenn is going to be the one who gives the reserved first kiss. And uh -huh. she's like, this is my husband. We're about to die. Yeah. It's makeout time. <laughs> <laughs> It's very cute. I couldn't help but smile. Yeah, so he, he had been unstuck for a moment, and Zathras has seen him. So Zathras now knows, like, sums up, got to do something about this. But he's, Sheridan's still primarily in Centauri Prime right now. Yeah. Like, that is where he's at. So we've got a son. We've got passionate kiss. And then Delenn also says some, like, really sad stuff. Yeah. Like his his future is full of pain and grief. Ooh, yikes. Yep. But it's not all bad. They created something that will live for a thousand years. They have a son named David. Mm -hmm. 
while this is going on, the plan to fake a whole breach works. So our crew on Babylon 4 has bought themselves some space and some time. Mm-hmm. But Sheridan and Delenn are summoned to Londo again. Very drunk Londo. He is drunker than me at a Kesha concert. Is he maybe the kind of non-functional that one gets when they have too much weed and watch cats? <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely more functional than I was then. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's where my mind went. I was like, hmm. <laughs> he has a reason for being so drunk that yes. he elucidates to Sheridan and Delenn. Yes, he introduces us to his keeper. This weird little eye thing on his shoulder. This thing is so creepy. It's I was fascinated by super this thing. Creepy. Yeah. I wanted to know more. I wanted to know how the hell we got here. I wanted to know what this is, where it came from. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that it's this show sets it up so nicely. You know there's going to be this big deal later, but you don't know how you got there. Everything about what happens to Centauri Prime in these 17 years is fascinating for me. We will see these keepers again, but yes. this one has uh, lost. It's, well, it's slowly gaining a tolerance for alcohol. Yeah, unfortunately. So there's yeah. not a lot of time here, but they have some time free from the Keeper controlling Londo like a puppeteer. Yeah, he tells them he did not want to be a big asshole earlier, basically. Yeah. He really does believe that Sheridan and Delenn are the best hope he has for Centauri Prime. Prophecy watch. So the prophecy is don't kill the one who is already dead. Mm. And given this episode, don't mm-hmm, kill mm-hmm. the one who is yeah. already dead. I think we can put emphasis on some different words there. Uh-huh. Now, we know that this is both Sheridan and Delenn by the end of this episode are both considered the one. Yeah. Could tie in there. Mm-hmm. We don't want to kill them, maybe, perhaps. Yeah. Lando frees <laughs> and, and them. And Lando certainly doesn't. Yeah. He gives them his bug out bag and he's like, there's a car waiting out back. And then Jakar comes out of the shadows and Lando asks Jakar to kill him. He, he knows that the Keeper's not going to stay asleep long enough. Yeah. yeah. The line here. I am as tired of my life as you are. Oh. Uh, so Jakar starts to choke Londo to kill him. And mm-hmm. Londo's Keeper awakens and they choke each other to death. Just like Londo knew they would. Yeah, we've seen this before. We have seen these two choking each other to death. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say one more thing about this scene, too. You know, sometimes in our remastered versions of older shows you get these scenes where we have the old makeup you know you know the makeup that Mm -hmm. we cake it on and add some wrinkles and stuff the olds makeup yes yeah the olds makeup and sometimes it looks very bad Mm -hmm. Uh, one show i'm thinking of and of course this is a much older show but like i claudius i don't know if you've watched much of that no Uh, not offhand yeah, it, I highly recommend. Very interesting, especially you are a history buff. What's it on? Roman history. Oh, well, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, actually. Okay. I'll have to look that up. I'll, I will figure it it's out gotta later. It's got to be, right? It was one of those that my dad bought the box set when I was a certain, you know, maybe in my 20s, and mm-hmm. we wound up watching it while I was home from college, and I was just fascinated. But the old makeup, not very good. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad, actually, because there are some characters that age through the show. Okay. And so we have to cake it on. I was really impressed with how well this old makeup made it through that remaster. Yeah. 
I don't think Londo looks terrible. I think it's all very believable. The way we've grayed Delenn out, not bad. Not bad at all. We didn't put any on Sheridan because this is unstuck in time Sheridan. Mm-hmm. This is not supposed to look like old Sheridan. I thought that was a nice touch. He um, he does get a little bit older. Like they grayed up his hair a bunch. Yeah, but we didn't cake anything on his face, I don't think. No. Also, Londo is much older than either. Yeah. Well, at least than Sheridan. Uh, the Mimbari, it's hard to say. Yeah, but Londo definitely, you know, he, we've aged him up quite a bit. Yeah. Londo's like 80, I think, during our current uh-huh. timeline of Babylon 5. Yeah. Like he's 70 yeah. or 80. So he's, he's older, so. And we've added 17 years onto that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 17 years white streaks at, in his hair. as emperor for a chunk, too. And we saw uh-huh. what eight did to Obama. So I know. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> he looked so youthful back then. Uh, yep. So I just wanted to give them props. I think it was very well done. It held up just fine in the remaster. So mm-hmm. good for them. One last prophecy watch here. Okay. Is this Lando embracing his greatest fear, which was his last chance to set everything right? Yeah. Hmm? I, I don't know. So she said, what was the exact line? Yeah, he would have to face his greatest fear right before his death. Mm. Or at the moment of his death, he would have to face his greatest fear, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. So what is Londo's greatest fear? Is it Jakar? Is it facing what he did to the Narns? Is it facing what's happened to Centauri Prime? All of these apply. Yeah. So. (laughs) Could be a lot of things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I, I don't know, if I if I had visions of my death, right, and my death was this person who was going to strangle me, mm-hmm. and I met that person, you know, 20 years before they were going to strangle me, I might be low-key afraid of them for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> Delenn knows, you know, that Sheridan is going to get pulled back, right, mm-hmm. from his timeline. So one thing that she does before he is pulled away is she begs him not to go to Zahadoom. Yep. Uh, once again, with the not going to Zaha Doom. Mm-hmm. First Kosh. Mm-hmm. Now Delenn. Now, the implication here is that he has gone to Zaha Doom. Uh-huh. And Kosh is pretty clear about what was going to happen if he goes to Zaha Doom. Yeah. So. So how is he here? Hmm. It's a mystery. <laughs> For another five episodes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's the name of the episode is Zaha Doom. All right, I'm not giving away too much here. <laughs> no, you're really not. Like, if you if you've looked ahead of if you accidentally screen. scrolled one bar too far down on the list of episodes, yeah, Zaha Doom is gonna come up. We we also get Veer wandering into the throne room where yep he claims Jakar the throne. Yeah, the ceremonial emperor necklace just grabs that shit. Is that how he becomes emperor? I'm not clear on how the Centauri get a new emperor. <laughs> I I think there's more to it than that, but he yeah, definitely is right. just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, we're just being reminded of that last prophecy that one of you will become emperor after the other one is dead. Well, he's dead, guys. <laughs> yeah, Marcus and Ivanova unload while Zathras builds the suit from Babylon Squared to catch Sheridan drifting through time. Yeah, Marcus thinks this is just insane. <laughs> yeah. And also just reminds us a little bit about Valen. They, they're talking a little bit about Valen over here, uh, Marcus and Ivanova. Just very randomly, 
Like, oh, I wonder if we'll get to meet Valen. That'd be fun. A Mimbari not born a Mimbar, huh? This totally isn't relevant to the episode. Let's just talk about it very randomly. Yeah, right. It's the most out of place thing in this whole three-part parter, I feel. It's absurd to me. At least it's Marcus who's bringing it up because yeah. he has like a, the knowledge to do so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's, he's literally fanboy, the only. So. Well, Delenn has the knowledge to do so, but she's got the tact to not bring it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sheridan gets caught in the uh, suit. Hey, Zathras' mad thing worked. Yeah. We see it like electrify and then get inflated. <laughs> I wanted to be there when they did this. <laughs> this is fun. That is a fun effect. I love practical <laughs> stuff. After this, Sheridan and Sinclair set up the equipment on the main power core to stabilize the station in time to allow it to move. We have a little talky talk first to say what they're going to do. Yeah. And Delenn rushes up to Sheridan. Mm-hmm. And he's he's a little awkward here. Do you Did you catch that? Yeah. Because he's just been like face mauled. Yeah. By future Dylan. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, they're not there yet in this part of the time stream. Yeah. It's very fun to watch. They go, they set off all the equipment, and then Krantz turns up the power core, thus setting off the equipment prematurely. <sighs> and they end up two years in our character's past, four years in Babylon 4's future, and the mm-hmm. events of Babylon Squared begin to play out. Yeah, stupid Krantz. Why did he have to do that? It can never be as easy as you want it to be, right? Yep. Well, something had to go wrong for the station to show up ahead of time. Yep. During this, Sheridan gets shocked and the suit malfunctions or something. And he's now shifting through time again. Yeah. Boo. Delenn has one of those little time shifts to the future. Uh-huh. Where she's watching Sheridan sleep and then breaks his snow globe in uh, shock. Yeah. I don't think this is too far in the future. It is not too far in the future, <laughs> and I won't I won't ruin it, but mm-hmm. people on Usenet recognized this actress's voice and knew what uh-huh. episode she was guest starring in and were uh-huh. like, well, it has to be this person. This is the yeah. only character it would make sense for that person to play. That's funny. So this was like totally ruined on the internet. This well, scene was like almost immediately put together yeah, by welcome people. welcome to the internet. Yep. <laughs> Uh, when Sheridan is uh, notably aged when oh, he returns. Nope, 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 nope. Sinclair is notably aged when he returns. I haven't made that mistake since season two. Um, hey, we did a really great job in the last episode. <laughs> we did. He explains the same would have happened to Garibaldi if he had been on board. Yeah, that's why we can't have Garibaldi. Mm-hmm. And we're full on Back to the Future 2 now with the events of Babylon Squared happening in the same time as this episode. I love these kind of episodes where we're weaving in stuff from another episode. The most notable and successfully done is the, um, I believe it's Trials and Tribulations. Yes. In Deep Space Nine. Famous, the most famous going back and doing this kind of a thing. This is not any of that. There's no adding characters to old scenes. Yes. If it is an old scene, it is an old scene. They didn't reshoot anything they didn't have to. Yeah. Um, most of the time was actually spent like color correcting and getting the new stuff to look like it fit in. Yeah. I am a little disappointed. And this is nothing with the episode, just mm-hmm. the technology at the time that the 
season one Babylon Squared snippets really don't look as good. At least they didn't on my TV. They don't, no. Yeah, that that is disappointing. And that's one of those things that you, again, kind of really hope that the Babylon 5 reboot will pull off. And then, no, it doesn't have to do this exact episode, but I would love mm-hmm. to see it do this kind of thing at some point. Yeah. With the technology that we have today. Like, weave some of this old stuff into new stuff, and it will look much better. Yep. We'll see how it goes with the... It, when if we get the reboot at this point. I don't know that I want them to redo this. No, I wouldn't want them to redo this. No, yeah, absolutely I think this not. is too perfect. I don't think you fuck yeah. with this. I think that JMS and a team could write a story that does the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That would get our hearts like, oh, yes, I remember this sort of storytelling and I loved it. And I, I'm really excited about it. And then they could technically pull it off a little bit better. And that would feel so good. Yeah. That I, I believe in that wholeheartedly. Uh, Zathras gets caught to commercial. Yeah. And we get some of these Babylon Squared scenes cut in going forward. Zathras saves the one, giving them the fixed anchor. Mm-hmm. As we find it's out that Delenn yeah. Yeah, traded spots with Sheridan. She took the suit. She gave him her anchor. Mm-hmm. So he is good. The suit is maybe not as good. We yeah. don't quite know. Yeah, and we don't really get much of that. We don't really see a whole lot with what she's going through besides her one flash forward. Yeah, uh, very curious. I I would love to know. So the major is talking to past Sinclair in one of our scenes, giving mm-hmm. him that whole rundown that we saw in Babylon Squared. Yep. They start their evacuation, and as they're evacuating CNC, this is this is one of the new scenes. Mm-hmm. Ivanova slips in. Yep. To do some of other some of her work. Yep. She slips in to reconfigure the engines to make the time travel go smoother. And then uh, we see uh, Zathras get left under the pipe. And then... <laughs> we saw that before in Babylon yep. Squared. Right? But this time we see him get saved by Delenn. The suit. I can't, I've, at this point in my notes, I was writing the suit. <laughs> it's like, we're not supposed to know really who's yeah. inside Well, she takes the, the helmet off real quick here, I think. This is when the oh, yeah. is. But we see her like sneak out of the ship and go up to where Sinclair is. So I thought it was pretty well telegraphed. Yeah, yeah. In space, Sinclair sees himself out and he tries to warn Garibaldi real quick. Oh, this is sad, isn't it? Yeah. This could really fuck with the timeline. This is a bad idea, but he knows his best friend is going to get shot in the back in like three episodes. Yeah. And it's very vague, like watch your back, but also very specific. Yes. (laughs) And so, but the message doesn't get through. And as he comments on when he gets back on, it happened just how I remembered it. Mm-hmm. They, he was not able to change the past the little bit that he yeah. wanted to, even though he knows he's not supposed to. I mean, it feels good to try, but you're really not supposed to do that, my dude. Yep. We meet all, we, we, all of our characters meet up. Marcus is our smart cookie. Yeah. He and figures is puzzled it out. out that somebody's got to go back with this thing. It's not automated. Yeah. This is a one-way trip. Yeah, he tries to... Very noble. Mm -hmm. He's always the one to volunteer for the noble sacrifice, but Sinclair reveals that he's the one who sent the letters from 900 years ago. It will be him. It was always him. It has to be him. And he would also die if he tried to go back to regular time because of the unstuckness and the not having an anchor the first time he came through. And Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So he says, I've got to do this. I would die. You will not die. You will be fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was always B. Zathras reveals the one is actually the three, the one who was, the one who is, and the one who will be. This twist when I was like 14 blew my mind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This was the dopest shit. But I I still, I love it a lot as an adult, but it does feel a little like, hmm. It feels a little like college philosophy 101. Yeah. Where you're like, whoa. And everything is so deep in philosophy 101. (laughs) And then uh, you start moving on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I did have a moment. I made my husband pause the show. Yeah. And I pointed at him and I said, you are the one who was. And I pointed at our son and I said, (laughs) you are the one who is. And then I pointed at my stomach and the baby. And I said, you are the one who will be. (laughs) And I made myself laugh. I don't think anybody else laughed, but I laughed. (laughs) So the one who was is Sinclair. Yes. The one who is is Delenn. Correct. And the one who will be is Sheridan. Yes. Yeah. And we can, do you want to break this down a bit? Yeah, sure. So we know very shortly the biggest twist of the series, Sinclair is Valen. We'll talk about that a bunch in a minute, but that very obviously places him as the one who was. Yes, that was in the past. Delenn, the one who is. Uh Uh-huh. I think this is about the Earth-Mimbari War. Okay. And the Grey Council and stuff. Okay. Um, Because you'd think Sheridan is the one who is, because he's our main character. But his Mm -hmm. story is not really even starting until this war is moving. You know, he mm. will be the one who is soon. His time yeah. is coming. So and that that's how I read it, at least, is it's not necessarily this exact moment, but Delenn mm. is definitely, in the terms of, like, galactic importance, has a much more uh, storied history than Sheridan at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and the Minbari in general were kind of... I don't want to say top dogs. It's not no, that, but you know, I mean, like outside of like the Vorlons and the, the other old ones, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like the the most historied, the most technologically advanced. Really, maybe things are stagnant there or moving slow, and then the humans are kind of coming up mm-hmm. fast. Yeah, might be a little disrailed by this whole shadow thing. They get disrailed a couple of times, but that's. <laughs> That's that's all for the future for now. That, that's human nature. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we be. So Delenn and Sheridan leave Sinclair and Zathras on the station. Delenn has a look here that's just like, okay, well, I know you're going back. I know who this letter is from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She doesn't say it, but like the full weight of like the realization hits her before anyone else. And we know, mm-hmm. she explains it to everyone in a couple of scenes. But just, like, imagine if the Pope found out that, like, their best friend of their 30s was Jesus. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a good uh, good <laughs> metaphor. Like, um, I mean, she's one of the, the highest religious leaders. So it's, I think it's pretty, and he's, you know, they're basically their myth figure. Yeah. In a lot of ways. So it's just, it's just, like, the mind-blowing of just, like, whoa. <laughs> It's so good. The White Star makes it out of the temporal rift, and Delenn lifts the veil for the rest of us and the crew as Sinclair uses the device to transform into a Mimbari. 
Yeah. So the about the device, did she give him the device? Did no. He leave the device for himself. The device the came with Zathras, and it's from Epsilon Three. Oh, okay. And then okay. Delenn gets it a thousand years later. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's the, where the cocoon stuff comes from. Yeah. So this device is made sometime <laughs> after the old Shadow War, before uh-huh. it. Bef- we don't know how it gets to like Zathras gets it right. So Zathras mm-hmm. is the holder of it for who knows how long he brings it to Sheridan. No, he brings it to Sinclair. Sinclair uses it a thousand years ago, gives it to the gray council. The gray council has it for a thousand years and then Delenn gets it. God, time is hard. <laughs> <laughs> time travel episodes. Be hard. This is no time to argue about time. We don't have the time. <laughs> she also gives us the score that, you know, it seems like sending Sinclair back in time caused the souls problem. Yes. You remember the souls problem? That Minbari souls being born in humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the moment that joins their species destiny. Yeah, we get some Soul Hunter flashbacks here, which did not see that one coming. Yeah, the Soul Hunter <laughs> told uh, Sinclair that the Mimbari were using him to get their great leader. Yeah. In that episode. They, doesn't out, they don't show that clip, but that's the line from that episode. Mm-hmm. No, I think they show that clip. They're using you. They're, yeah, we get the they're using you, but not the yeah. what they're using him for. Uh, we oh, get okay. Maroon telling him he look, talks like a Mimbari. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, we got some good season one, not just Babylon Squared, but we got another couple of episodes from season one. Mm-hmm. Really giving Michael O'Hare a good send off. For I sure. Think. You know, it's it's trying to call back to how much we loved him as a captain or commander. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some Mimbari come on board Babylon 4 a thousand years ago, and he's all like, sup, I'm Valen. Here are two Vorlons out of their suits just to further just make you shit yourself. <laughs> yeah. To further validate me as an important person. <laughs> Here's a couple of angels. I think that's a, a valid tradition from our own human history. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. And like we mentioned before, one of these two Vorlons is the guy we see on Mimbar at the start of this. The closed mm-hmm. circle. Yeah. This is the best twist in the history of sci-fi TV, fight me. I'm not going <laughs> to wait for you to ask bro. me. I'm going to shout it. Babylon five out of five. Yeah. These two episodes. I just love it. It's some of the best writing in general. We gushed on it last time, but let's gush on it more. It's so good. <laughs> it's so well done. It's fucking perfect. These episodes are great. I fucking love it. Yeah. Honestly, listener, if you have something negative to say about this episode, I, I really want to hear it because I, maybe it's I'm just curious. nostalgia glasses yeah. that I got on right now. You know, maybe it's the bourbon. I don't know, but I can't find anything wrong with these two episodes. They're fucking great. And so if there's a legitimate complaint, I want to hear it and I want to talk about it, but I don't have anything against these episodes. I will say that when Aaron and I were talking about this episode, he did say the first part he wasn't impressed with at first. Okay. Because... It didn't 
for a first time watcher like himself, he didn't feel like things made sense. Yeah. You, you really have to watch part two in order to bring it all home. And it was much more enjoyable once we got to part two. But as a first time watcher, how did the Valen thing go over? We didn't get to talk about that part very much. I will have to ask, like, if he saw it coming. I don't think he saw it coming. Yeah. Like, I think he would have said something about that, you know, uh, when there's an obvious twist, you tend to say, well, that was dumb. Yeah. That was obvious. I can't fucking wait for some of our friends in the leagues, League of Non-Aligned podcasts to get to these uh-huh. episodes. Yeah. I want to hear Gray 17 freak out about this twist. I want to hear Babylon 5 for the first time freak out about this twist. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to those episodes, but they are years off for them because their release schedule and where they're at in the show right now. So we've got a while to wait for those, but mm, I'm going to look forward to that. I feel like our discord, because some of our discord listeners are also listening to the non-aligned podcast. And Mm -hmm. I feel like some of them have said that gray 17 has called some interesting twists. Yes. Like that they saw coming. I don't know if this part has been part of it. I'm sure on our discord, they will let us know if, how that goes <laughs> so yes babylon five out of five fucking solid great. all right how do you follow up an episode like this i do not have fond memories of the next episode really but it's also been a while so we'll see we've got season three episode 18 walkabout sheridan uses a powerful new tool against the shadows franklin undertakes mm. a strange mission yeah i remember the franklin plot yeah obviously I feel like that's the A plot since it's got the name, right? Mm -hmm. It's listed (laughs) like a B plot, but I do believe it is the A plot. Correct. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how we feel about that after going through this journey. Yeah. I I haven't watched ahead yet, so we'll see how I feel about it. But just thinking about it, I don't remember this episode fondly. So if I'm wrong or not, if I change my mind, I've done it a bunch this whole time. Uh Yeah. Same. So we'll see how it goes. Just like we'll see how Jeremy Siegel's new January album on Spotify goes, because I haven't had a chance to listen to it because we're recording these back to back. But you can go ahead and find Nuclear Jaguar on Spotify, or you can find more of Jeremy's music at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com. Thank you so much for our theme song. We really appreciate it, Jeremy. And if you're looking for more interesting artwork, you should check out Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram, who did our podcast artwork. Thank you, Aaron, for editing our podcast and ensuring that it comes out on time. We appreciate all of the work you put in behind the scenes. Definitely. And thank you to you, the listener, for being here. And if you have thoughts, we've already put out a call for thoughts. You can send them to whoareub5 at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook or you join our Discord. And we'll have a thoughtful conversation about your thoughts, if you would like. We should probably start soliciting for season three feedback soon uh oh yeah because it's that time it's it's that time and we are working very far ahead of ourselves right now (laughs) we should probably get on socials and start asking for that because we're probably gonna record that episode in like three weeks yeah yeah we'll do that put out a call we're way ahead right now so all right well yeah we'll see you next week we'll see you next time (laughs) bye bye